listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. Um, As you saw in the title, in in a minute we're going to jump in and talk about this, five crucial reasons that you must grow spiritually. And um, this is something that I don't think is talked about enough. Maggie Erty's in the house. What's up on YouTube? Good to have you. Um, And I'm sure you would agree too as a pastor. You know, it's probably never talked about enough, but really if you want to call it what it is, it's discipleship. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's discipleship. It's, It's what Christ really commanded us to do. I mean, people talk all the time about winning the lost and we have to be winning the lost, Mm -hmm. but we're not just called to make converts. We're actually called to make disciples. That's it. And there's a big difference between that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I think when you look at it, you know, people are either moving forward in their faith, growing and being discipled, as you said, or they're going to go backward. They're going to, you know, there's a very real plan of the enemy and there's a plan of God. And if you're not pursuing the plan of God, you are going to fall into some of the traps the enemy will leave before you. But as you grow, um, and I know we're going to talk a lot about it today, um, you know, as you grow in your faith, it helps ensure, you know, your victory and your success. So discipleship, I think it's uh, probably one of the, uh, you know, maybe underemphasized things in the body of Christ today that, um, a lot of people are being taken out because yes. uh, they're they're not really growing. You know. Would you agree? There's no middle ground. You're either moving forward or you're moving back. I completely agree. Um, because of the world we live in, we're we're saturated in this natural world, and so you know that's why Paul, you know Romans 12, uh, he talked about you know don't be conformed. If you're not being transformed, you're being, you're conformed. Oh, that's good. You know, so, so it's one of those things that it's impossible to, it's impossible to remain the same. And if you're not going to progress, you will, you will naturally go backwards. Yeah. And wow. Conform. That's really good. Write that in the comments. I've never actually heard anybody put it that way. I mean, I know the scripture says that, but if you're not being transformed, you're being conformed. Yeah. That's an excellent point. Put it in the comments for everybody that's watching today. If you're not being transformed, you're being conformed and uh, you're conforming to the image of the world or you're being transformed into the image of Christ. And there is no middle ground. What's up, South Africa? Uh, There is no middle ground. You're either being transformed to the image of Christ or you're being conformed to the image of the world Mm -hmm. and there is no middle ground. So yeah, put that in the comments. If you're not being transformed, you're being conformed. It's a dangerous place to be. If you're just conforming to, uh, the spirit of this age, that's it. The antichrist agenda, the culture of this world. Yeah. It's a, it's a trap, man. It really is. You know, that, that was one of the things that Paul addressed, even in Philippians chapter three, um, where he's in verse 12, he said, I don't mean to say I've already achieved all these things or I've reached perfection, but I press on to possess perfection for which Christ first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting what is in the past and looking towards what's ahead. I press on to reach, uh, reach the end of the race 
and received the heavenly prize, which God has called me heavenward through Christ Jesus. Yeah. Then he said, let all who are spiritually mature agree on these things. Mm -hmm. But if you disagree on some point, I believe God will make it plain to you. But we must hold on to the progress that we've already made. That's good. And he's talking about the maturity and the progression of discipleship. Yep. That's exactly right. If we're not pressing on, you know, it's that I have an arrived mindset that I'm always going to be pressing. Right. You never have arrived. Yeah. You know what's interesting? He said to the Corinthians in the same vein of thought, he said, you know, when you're um, a runner, when you're somebody who's entering into a race, all runners run to receive a prize. He said theirs in the natural realm is perishable. Mm -hmm. Ours is unperishable. Mm -hmm. Uh, And he said, "I'm, I'm not, you know, one translation, I think it's the NLT says, I'm not shadow boxing yeah. like I'm beating the air. That's it. But he said, I'm actually running, and he encouraged them, run that you may obtain the prize. Mm-hmm. We're actually running towards a goal, towards That's a it. mark, our high calling in Christ yeah. Jesus. There is something to obtain. Yes. There is something to grasp a yeah. hold of. That's why, you know, he says that I'm forgetting those things which are behind and pressing forward towards the yeah. a mark, which is the high calling in Christ Jesus. There is a goal. Mm-hmm. You know, Amen. one of the dangerous, and I really mean this, dangerous things in our generation, there's something, if you're not familiar with it, there's something called postmodernist thought that there's no absolute truth, mm-hmm. that everybody's individual truth is their own. So what's mm-hmm. true for you is not true for me. Yeah. And what's true for me is not true for you. This is true for me because it's my experience. And so I have to follow my path. You yeah. know, that's, that's like you hear people saying that a lot today. Postmodernist uh, thought has crept even into the church, mm. which is like, well, that it's may true. be wrong for you, but it's not wrong for me. Yeah. You know, it's, and, and, and this is like, like there is no standard. Exactly. Like the word of God doesn't matter anymore when it absolutely is our standard. And Paul knew that. And he said, I have to actually conform my actions in the flesh to what God wants or else I'll be disqualified. Yeah. And I'm one of the greatest apostles. I mean, he even said that jokingly, like tongue in cheek. Yeah. Remember he said, you've got these quote unquote super, super apostles, apostles coming yeah. to you. But he said, I, I sound like a fool, but let me brag about what, what I've done for Christ mm-hmm. that they've not even started yeah. to do yet. Yeah. And so Paul was one of the most powerful uh, men of God to ever walk the earth. The Holy Spirit entrusted him to give us two thirds of the New Testament. Mm-hmm. And even he said, I have to discipline myself and, and be transformed or I will conform and then be disqualified. Yeah. And, and he also in that same passage, he speaks to they train and do it for a temporal award or right. prize, you know, but that portion where they, he says they train, um, it, it speaks to the level of discipline That's and it. commitment. He was, he was likening their level of commitment yeah. to the process of them growing and reaching beyond, you know, and reaching their full potential. Absolutely. Because, and I know you've talked to this before. I've talked to it as well. Um, we all have the same potential right. in Christ because of what he's done. His grace by his mercy and grace has made these things available that every one of us is seated with Christ in heavenly places. We all have the same access to the same potential of the authority and dominion we walk in, but not everybody's walking nope. in it. And nope. it's because they failed to commit themselves to the process the of being trained and disciplined. And when he likened that, I mean, even if you study in the natural, how disciplined 
these runners are with with what they eat, what they I mean eat, breathe, sleep these things to reach the highest performance of what they're able to to do. Well, if I if I remember my history correctly. Um, the Olympic Games really started in Greece. Mm-hmm. I, I may be wrong on that, but I think that they, they, they even started their Olympic Games there. Mm-hmm. Now look at today, the Olympics. How long ahead of time does an Olympic runner begin training mm-hmm. for those yeah. one or two runs to, you know, as they, as they race? They start years and yeah. years and years yeah. in advance. Yeah. You know, on a special, like you said, on a uh-huh. special diet, yeah. on a special training regimen, they've, they're being coached. Yeah. They're constantly uh, having their body checked to make sure they're op- operating at the optimum uh, potential for their body. Which we could do all those things if we wanted well, to. Well, you know, I could do that. If that easy. It, easy. We, but, the, you know, they, they do it. Yeah. And, and, and that's it. That's for a medal, yeah. literally a medal temporal. and some temporal fame. That's it. And that's, that's not eternal that's life. That's it. But Paul said... How much more should we discipline our yeah. lives to receive the prize of eternal life? That's it. And if you think about it, the word discipline, you know, really, if we look at the word disciple, you know, you, you see in that, it's the word discipline. A disciple is someone who follows the disciplines of their master. That's it. A disciple, that, in case we, that's too vague, you know, we just throw the word disciple around all the time, but I want you to put it into the uh, comments section. Mm-hmm. A disciple is someone who follows the disciplines of their master. So, you know, Jesus was, not only was, is our master. And the Bible says, as he is, so are we in mm-hmm. this world. And then Jesus said this, and I want to talk to you about it before we jump into these five things. If you're just logging on, we're talking about five crucial reasons that you must grow spiritually. You must. But Christ, you know, said this in John 14, 12, the works that I do, you will do also and greater works than these because I'm going to be with my father. And of course we look at that and understand the context being his signs, wonders, miracles, his ministry of preaching, the kingdom of God. But the other thing is we have to look at his disciplines yes. as his works. So, good. so if you look at Jesus as a man of prayer, yeah. how in the world are we going to become people of power like he was yeah. if we're not people of prayer like he was? So good. I Encompassed think in his that. works is yeah. his disciplines. Yeah, and I think that's what a lot of people miss out on. They're uh, they must live in a, in an alternate reality where they're saying, you know, I'm going to do the works, and but they're not taking the steps to go through the process of what Jesus did yeah. to get there. Then as the the student is not above the master. That's right. You know, and, and so if the master uh, lived a disciplined life of prayer and seeking God and going to a solitary place yeah. and Study and spending and all night in prayer at yeah. times, um, you know, and that's really the pattern of what we see these generals of the faith that we see generations uh, where God raises up in every generation people that do the mighty acts of God and it's not by chance and it's not be you know because they just had a desire it's because they they were disciplined and committed to the process absolutely of what, what God wanted to do in their lives you know you told a great story the other night of brother Hagen um, yep. his son and yeah. how he watched him uh, he would lay down to go to sleep and see his father at the desk. At the desk. Had a cup of coffee, Bible open, books open, praying, studying. Mm-hmm. And he said, I'd wake up in the morning and I'd look over. My dad still be in the same clothes, cold cup yeah. of coffee, same Bible open, lamp on, praying, still in the same position, yeah. praying through the night. 
dedicating himself to the Spirit of God, learning how to be led by the Spirit of God. So I want, I want to say this today. It's so important that we are people of discipline yeah. if we're going to be people of power. And that's so key. Jesus understood that and even said, you know, they would, some would come to him and say, well, how come your disciples don't fast like John's disciples? His answer was, because you don't fast when the bridegroom is with you. Mm -hmm. But he said, there's a day that I'll be gone or taken away, and then That's good. they will fast. So Jesus had an expectation that his disciples would fast, a, an expectation they would pray, an expectation they would study and know his word, an expectation that they would heal the sick and cast out devils. He had expectations yeah. for us. And it's going to take the dedication to fulfill his expectations, yeah. no question about it. And so we wanted to give you this today because... And by the way, if you're logging on, haven't had a chance to do it yet, take a minute and share this broadcast because I truly believe this is one of the most important subjects that we have in Christianity today. And let me tell you why. So you don't think I'm just saying that for the broadcast sake. What's up? Italy's in the house. Italy. Alessia, good to have you on. Um, one of the things that I've seen is that over the last, let's say, 20, 30 years, mm -hmm. The seeker-sensitive church has been prevalent in America. Mm -hmm. You know, so we have seeker-sensitive churches where uh, the doctrines of the church have not really been uh, preached. Mm -hmm. Everything's been kind of a surface-level series, yeah. you know, because their thought process was, well, we need to fill the seats. And that's a good, you know, they wanted to see more people saved. They wanted to see seats filled. That's a good desire. It's just they went about it the wrong way. Mm -hmm. You know, they removed... Um, preaching about sin. Mm -hmm. They removed expectation of people to live a holy life. They removed preaching the doctrines of scripture, all the expectations of Christ. And they made it entertainment based. Mm -hmm. The preaching was shortened and it was very surface level. So what we have now, yeah. we have a whole group of, of believers that have grown up in a church where they've not been taught mm -hmm. that not only the doctrines of scripture, but revealed to them the expectations of Christ. So you have very like I would almost call them like hobbyist Christians. Mm. Yeah. You know, that at the first uh, sign of trouble, yeah. at the first sign of, you know, distress, they're ready to jump ship. Yeah. Offense. Oh, yeah. Things like that, yeah. I looked at one guy, and I'm sure you saw this. He was a famous Christian singer recently mm -hmm. uh, of a band that everybody knew and came out online and said, like, I've left the faith. I'm mm -hmm. no longer a Christian. I don't believe yeah. in that anymore. Well, when you read his actual story, you know, he's like, you know, my questions were never answered. Well, let me tell you, I went through and like read the questions he had. They were elementary questions. It yeah, could be answered from the word. Easily answered. Comes back to and I thought to myself, his pastor is actually going to have to answer wow. for that yeah. by not being able to answer those easy, easy yeah. questions that could be, I could just take you to the scripture and give you the answer. And it's not a reason to leave the faith, you know. Yeah. But that's what's going on. And then the hyper grace message hit us where everybody can do whatever they want yeah. and God's cool with it. And so what's happened to us? Um, even if you make converts, if that's the kind of places where they're mm -hmm. being raised up, yeah. it, they're not being prepared for battle. They're that's not true. being made into disciples. They've just been converted. And that's dangerous. That's, that's like sick. having a baby yeah. throwing it into the woods and saying, hope you make it. Yeah. Yeah, you know, you look at the parable of the seed that went down. Yeah. You know, that, that root, at first that seed takes root, but because, and there were, you know, there were different things in every seed, but, you know, the cares of the world choked it out. It's, it's a lack of discipline 
to the process of becoming a disciple of Christ, learning how to rightly divide the word of truth, learning how to, you know, press through and at those moments where you're being tried or tested. If you don't walk in the knowledge of truth, you'll be easily you know, taken out by the enemy. And That's we true. see that the, the cares of the world and uh, those Christians that aren't allowing their roots to go down deep and become mm -hmm. disciples of Christ, their lives are being choked out, you know, with something that happens in their life, whether yep. it's a trial or a test or somebody offended them or, you know, whatever that might look like. It, the life of what God's trying to do in their life is choked out because of their lack of discipline to get in the truth yeah. and build their life on this word. Yes, that's exactly it. You got to build on this word. No question. And I want to encourage you, those of you that are watching today, God is going to not only take you higher, but you're going to grow at an expedited rate. Amen. That's our, our belief, our confession. That's why I thank God for those of you that join us every day on the broadcast. Like literally, I thank God for you because it shows me your hunger. And I'm talking, and we, we call it sometimes, you saw people have been hashtagging it in the comments, Victory Tribe. It's kind of one of our unofficial names for those that are watching because we're those, we've said this multiple times, we will be those that stay on fire till Jesus Come comes. We'll never be the ones that Amen. their hearts grow cold. We'll never be the ones that fall away from the faith. Never. Yeah. We will be those that stay the, the remnant, if you Amen. will. We will be the That's remnant. It. And so the reason I wanted to show you these and, and talk about it is because don't think that spiritual growth is, you know, some side topic. They're like, well, you know, I might get into some spiritual growth later. No, it, it is like, yeah. it, it, as, as pastor said before we started, you know, if you're not being transformed, you're being conformed yeah. and you will understand this. I can't say it any more strongly. There is no middle ground. Come on. Uh, I, I've so seen it. If people lay off of what God wants for their life and they just start treating church as casual, you know, mm -hmm. I'll attend casually. I'll live for God casually. What ends up happening is, is that the, the pressing, uh, I'll, I'll say it this way. There are two forces that are pressing hard for your soul. Amen. Hard. There's the spirit of this world that's pressing hard to take you Amen. into conformity. But then there's the spirit of God who's pressing hard to pull you into the things that'll that's cause right. you to be successful in the kingdom and ultimately make heaven your home. The spirit of this world and the spirit of God are fighting and understand this because it's so very important. It would be like saying, well, I want to build a submarine, mm -hmm. but I don't actually want to like completely secure the hull. Yeah. I just want to make it almost like uh, like a perforated mm -hmm. hole, you yeah. know, because I'll be able to use less um, metal. Yeah. It'll cost me less. And so I want to have a submarine with just a bunch of little perforated holes in the hull. Well, understand this. You can't make that compromise mm -hmm. because when you get into the water, the force of the sea is pressing against yeah. your hull. And if you allow hull, uh, holes in the hull, yeah. you will allow the thing that's on the outside pressing to fill you up. That's right. And then what ends up happening is you sink and you die. The same thing is true. If people treat Christianity like yeah. a hobby, well, I don't want to go all out with it. Yeah. There's holes in the hole and the enemy's allowed to come in. That's why the Bible says, don't give any That's place it. to the devil. Yeah. 
You know, you're going to be, you are created by God to be, to be passionate about him. You're going to be passionate about something. It's just what that looks like. You're going to fill your life with something. Yep. It's impossible to go through the world. And that's why you have people, you can hear very quickly where they're at and what they're passionate about yeah. by just what they're saying. Because right. out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth, the mouth speaks. speaks. And so, you know, what, what is filling your life? What are you allowing to fill? Yeah. Are you filling it more with the things of the world? I'm telling you, it's a dangerous recipe uh, for your life to not only get sidetracked, but the potentials of one day eternal hell. Right. So this is something that it, again, coming back to what you're saying too, we can't just afford to take, you know, just this lazy approach no. or, you know, one of the things that even in this new generation is like, well, you know, as you mentioned, that sloppy grace message, well, yeah. you know, God knows I love him. And then it's almost like, it's almost an excuse not to get in the word right. or not to pray. Yeah. Uh, but there's a price tag yeah. um, and there's a process. Yes, Jesus paid the price. Yes, your sin has been forgiven. But now that's just the starting line right. to the supernatural life that God has for you. And you have assignments to fulfill and right. you have mandates from God. And if you're not willing to press in the world's the world's strength and power is too great for you to try to take it on in the natural. That's and right. That's what many Christians are doing. They are doing that. They got saved, but they never grew, and they're trying to battle the devil in their flesh. and the world in the flesh. Yep, you can't do it. You can't do it. I mean, that's as that's as stupid as saying, so you know, God knows I love him, you know, but never taking actions of love toward him. That's that's, so that's as stupid as saying, well, my wife knows I love her. I just throw her a beating every once in a while. Yeah. You know, like I come home, I'm not really feeling like, you know, romantic. And I may just, I might put some fists on her from yeah. time to time and blood, you know, blood <laughs> oh, your nose yeah. and black her eyes. But you know what? She knows I love she her. Knows. You know, she, she knows, knows my heart. She knows my heart. <laughs> she knows, you know, that's as dumb as saying that. That's true. You know, because love is not a feeling, it's an action. So good. You got to hear again. this. Love is an call. action. It's not a feeling. Your love is mm. proven by the things you do. Jesus said that. And Jesus actually said, he said the, the truest proof of our love, John 14, 21, those who have my commandments and obey them are the ones who love me. That's it. Jesus said it. That's so simple. It, it couldn't so be made simple. any more simple Man. than that. Those who have my commandments, that's the mighty word of God, and obey them. Obedience is an action of love. Yes. And you know, notice Jesus, God didn't just say, well, you know, I do love the world. He loved the world so much that he gave. He took an action to prove that he loved mm -hmm. because love's an action. That's it. Love's an action. So we want to talk about uh, why? Why is it so important? And I want to give you five reasons because this is so, so vitally important. Five reasons from the Word of God that you must, you absolutely must grow spiritually. It's not some side uh, thing in the kingdom. It is God's desire for every one of us, even ministers. Every person has to grow spiritually. And I think the baseline reason that we need to talk about first is because number one, to grow spiritually, it takes faith. It does. And faith pleases God. Yes. So we're, we're referencing here Hebrews eleven six, mm -hmm. that where the Bible says that without faith, yes. it's impossible to please God. Mm -hmm. And he that comes to God must believe that he exists and that he's a rewarder 
of those that diligently seek him. I think the flip side of that coin would be Romans 14, 23, where the Bible says anything that does not proceed from faith Mm -hmm. is sin. Mm -hmm. Well, why? Because it takes faith to please God. So if you're not in faith, what is it? Displeasing to God. And anything that's displeasing to God is sin. Yeah. So knowing number one, we must grow spiritually because it takes faith to grow and the faith we're uh, walking in to grow will please our heavenly father. That's it. You know, and, and James, James talked about, he said, you know, faith without works Mm -hmm. is dead. And so, you know, that connection point that you were talking about earlier of our love and devotion for God is going to cause the level of faith to increase in us because you know, if we're not growing in that faith, yep. you know, we're, we are going to go backward, but it's my love for God. See, that's why I love what you just said a few moments ago, too, because it's not this complicated process. No, that's right. It, that's why Jesus could say, like, all right, when they came to him with the question, what's the greatest commandment? What are mm-hmm. all these things? He said, listen, it comes down to this one thing. Love the Lord your God with yeah. all your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength. And then the other things are going to flow from your life. When you develop that passion and love for God where he's your everything, yep. you will start to abound and grow in faith, that faith that pleases God. Yes. And everything will flow out of that relationship you have with God. Why? Yeah. Because when I love God, I want to see what he says about my That's life. That's it. I want to see what he's saying. I, wait, wait, I can do the same works as him? Yeah. Wait, I love him so much, I want to share Christ? Right. I love him so much, I want to obey. Yeah. So it's, a, you know, it's love-empowered obedience. That's like, right. Uh, it's not a list of things I have to do with an outward strength or my own willpower. Yeah. It's an, it's a faith that's rising from a heart that's completely consumed with who he is and in love with him and everything, then everything's just, it's simple. Yeah. It's not difficult. It's not a 10 step process that Mm -hmm. of checks that I have. It's everything will flow from that that intimacy and that love from him. And I like what you said, because you said, I want to look into the word and see what he has for me. So I think one thing we can, we can clearly say is it's impossible to grow spiritually without being in the word. That's good. Because you don't have the steps to grow if you don't know what the word says. And remember this, we said at the beginning of this first point that it takes faith to grow. The Bible tells us plainly that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So there's no way to obtain that faith to grow outside of the word of God. Mm -hmm. This is the sufficiency of scripture we're talking about. Uh, And and the Bible tells it, Paul told Timothy, Mm -hmm. what did he say? All scripture is breathed out Mm -hmm. by, in fact, let's go there because I know people don't know this. This is probably one of the most powerful uh, verses about the word, if not the most powerful verse about the word in all of scripture. Second Timothy chapter three and verse 16. I want to, did you know that in this one verse of scripture, there's a Greek word in the original manuscripts that is not used anywhere else in all of the New Testament. It's used in this one verse and I'm going to show it to you. This will stir you up. It is when Paul says to Timothy, all scripture is breathed out Mm. by God. 
that there's one word in the Greek where he says, uh, you could even say God breathed. Mm -hmm. All scripture is God breathed. There's a word that's really a compound word in the Greek. It's called theanostas. It means God breathed or the breath of God. It's actually saying all scripture, everything we have, you know, it makes me laugh. Like, well, I just stick to the gospels because that's what Jesus taught. <laughs> no, all scripture from Genesis yes. to Revelation came out of the mouth of yes. God. It is the breath of God on paper. And he said, not only is it breathed out by God, it's profitable for what? For teaching. Yes. For reproof. For correction, and look at this, what we talked about a, a moment ago with the runners, training in righteousness. Yes. The Word of God, what are these four things? It's profitable for teaching, Teach. reproof, correction, and training in righteousness. Mm -hmm. I can't train to grow without the Word of God. That's it. That's it. You know, because here's the thing, you know, I, I see people that don't get grounded in the Word. And they get picked off so easy. easily. Or, or they say, you know what, I just feel like God wants me to do this. Like, you know, I have people come to me all the time and, and they'll say different things. And I'm like, well, this is what the word says. Though. Right. You know, they say, well, this is what I feel. I, yeah. I feel to do this. And I said, well, you know, you have to, you have to. Fil you had to filter everything through this word. So, yep. you know, I just tell them what you felt is actually contrary to word. Yep. And your emotions will deceive you. Totally will. So, th this right here is so necessary the aspect of the word, the, the points and principles that it's going to keep us on the track of what God wants to do in our life. He's going to teach. He's going to, through the working of the Holy Spirit, listen, the Spirit of God will work with the truth that you're ingesting, yes. reminding you, bringing those things to, to, to the surface. Otherwise, what you have is flaky Christians that are just, you know, going by their emotions or I had this dream and right. all of a sudden everything's it weird quick. It does. And, and it's like, if we're going to be it, everything God's called us to be, we have to continue, as James says, to keep looking in the mirror of the Word of God, seeing what He's called us to be. Yep. The, the, I see I'm in the Christ now. I, I don't want to do that anymore. I, I see I need to adjust this attitude in my life. The Holy Spirit's correcting yep. me now. It's a mirror to see ourselves as God designed us to be yep. and walk as Christ did in this earth. Well, I gave this example to the young people. If, if people were, were watching yesterday, one of the things that I said, and this would be a form of discipleship from the Word of God. Uh, I, I think you would definitely agree with this as a pastor. Um, one of the biggest things that takes people out, especially young Christians, is wrong relationships. Yeah. They go back mm -hmm. to relationships they're not willing to let go of. That's it. And then they get back into the same actions, mm. the same habits that they, they had before they were Christians. And then they fall right back into that mm -hmm. old way of living. Um, and I, I made this point to the young people and those watching the broadcast. Here's a way that the Word of God will disciple you is people will date unbelievers. Yeah. And they'll have relationships, romantic mm -hmm. relationships. Uh, you'll see Christian teenagers mm -hmm. or whatever, college students, and they'll have relationships and romantic relationships with unbelievers. Well, here's the problem with that. First of all, Paul told us not to do it by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit in 2 Corinthians 6, don't be unequally yoked That's with it. an unbeliever. But what ends up happening, the reason for that 
is because you've just connected your living spirit with a dead spirit. Mm. And the dead spirit, which has no desire to please God and actually th cannot understand the word of God, it's foolishness to them, mm. has no reason to want to mm -hmm. uh, please the Lord with their life. They're pulling you towards the things of this world, towards conformity. Whereas your spirit and the Holy Spirit pulling you towards transforming uh, you into the image of Christ. And you've got problems in a relationship. There's yeah. going to be tension. But if you just obey the word, yes. you're being discipled to a higher yeah. level. Well, I'm not going to make that mistake anymore. I'm That's not going to keep linking myself That's up with it. an unbeliever and falling back into things I didn't want to do. I'm going to be discipled yeah. by the word. What does it mean? Well, here's a discipline. Mm -hmm. My discipline is I refuse to engage in a relationship in that way with an unbeliever. That takes a discipline. Yeah. That takes discipline, especially when you're already in and you may have to say, you know, I'm, I'm breaking up with you. This is not, you know, and obviously if you're, if you're already married, Paul gives other instructions for that. You know, just leave your husband or wife because they're unsaved and you got saved. But I'm talking about if you're just dating, mm -hmm. engaged, whatever, you got to take a hard look yeah. at that and say, the Bible tells me not to do this. Mm -hmm. And there's a reason the Holy Spirit said it. That's, it. That's discipline. Yeah. That's discipleship. Yeah. And there's such a, man, there's such a safety in, in a protection in living in this word, as you said, you know, saving yourself the heartache, saving yourself the pitfalls yep. of you just, you know, doing what you want to do. That, that's why, it, you know, this word, it will protect you. It will promote you. It will bless you. It will keep you on that, that straight and narrow and yeah. keep your life walking in the blessing of the Lord. No question about it. So number one, it takes the first reason, a crucial reason that you've got to grow spiritually. It takes faith and faith pleases God. Your growth is pleasing unto God. Yeah. Your growth spiritually is pleasing unto God. Number two, the second reason that you must grow spiritually is because as you grow spiritually, you can accomplish more of your purpose in the kingdom. Praise God. It takes maturity. It takes spiritual growth mm -hmm. to start accomplishing more and making a bigger impact in the kingdom of God. Let me show you um, what Paul said to the church of Corinth, 1 Corinthians 3. And this, this uh, is very interesting because if you look at these letters he wrote to the Corinthians, it's pretty much proof that mm. they were the most immature church in the New Testament. I mean, without question, these guys were extremely immature. And he says it to them in the third chapter of 1 Corinthians. He says, um, brothers, I can't address you, could not mm. address you as spiritual people. Wow. But as people of the flesh, as infants in Christ, mm. look at two, I fed you with milk, not solid mm. food for you're not, you're not ready for it. And even now you're not ready. Mm. You're still of the flesh. There's jealousy and strife among you. Mm. Are you not of the flesh and behaving only in a human way? For when one says, I follow Paul, another says, I follow Apollos. Are you not being merely human? You see this? And now uh, let's go further because now he starts to explain it. Who then, what then is Apollos and who is Paul? Servants through whom you believed as the Lord assigned to each of you. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. So neither he who plants or he that waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. Now look at verse eight. This is where I want you to get. He who plants and he who waters are one and each will receive his wages according to his labor. So understand the reason God was using Paul and Apollos is because they were mature. 
Who were they working on? The Corinthians who were immature. He said, you're infants. But notice what he said. The wages that you receive are according to your labor. Mm. And so he's encouraging them. It's time to grow up. Mm. Remember, he, he, in another part of scripture, it said, can we, can we move beyond yeah. these elementary teachings yeah. about Christ? Yeah. You know, it, it, there's a problem is if, if, if for 20 years, somebody has to keep preaching you the salvation message yeah. for 20 years, you should be able to move on to the deeper things of Christ. Mm -hmm. And that's what Paul's frustration was. I want to see you as impactful believers. And it was probably even more frustrating because in the first chapter, you know what he says to them? You have an abundance of gifts in your church. You've got spiritual gifts wow. blowing up in your services, yeah. which by the way, side note, you don't have to be a mature believer to see the gifts of the spirit operate in your ministry and life. It's just that you have to be mature in order to use them properly. Yeah. It's just like, let me, let me give you an example. You don't have to be 21 to pull the trigger on a gun, mm -hmm. but you don't want to give a gun to a seven-year-old child. That's it. You understand? So a seven-year-old child could pull the trigger. They can actually fire the gun, but they don't have the maturity to properly use a weapon. So you don't give them one. And in the same way, Paul said, you're young, you're infants, but you've got the gun. You've got the yeah. power of the Holy Ghost moving in your services, but you don't know how to use it. Mm. That's why he corrected them. And he said, you've got so much going on, it's just pure chaos in that's your it. church. You've got the gun, you don't know how to use it. Yeah, and I think that's probably one of the, the things that we see uh, of why we're not seeing more impact from the church. It's almost like, you know, a lot of churches, what's happening is, you know, every Sunday, it's like people are getting a shot in the arm yep. to try to make it through a week. It's like a survival mode because they're really not growing in the things of God That's during right. the week. It's almost like they see God as this Sunday morning thing that, you know, it's just what I do on Sunday morning. And then, you know, oh man, have you ever heard people, man, I just need to get in church. I need a word. Well, you have the word in front of you. Right. You have access to God. You know, this isn't the Old Testament where you have to go to a priest. This is something that if you will engage it, yep. your life will begin to be transformed from glory to glory and Come strength on. to strength. And you will start to see the manifestation of walking with God. You know, it, it's like the scripture in Daniel where he says they will know their That's God. It. And the result of that is, you know, they will know their God and do great excellence. That's it. Come on. And so, you know, our life when we're connected from God, you know, when we look in John 15, he says, apart from me, you can do nothing. Nothing. That's right. And so we got to realize there's a lot of Christians that, that are connected, that are drying up on the vine because mm -hmm. the only source of spiritual engagement they have is a Sunday morning experience Come in on. the church that a lot of churches aren't, don't even see a move of the spirit or aren't even teaching the word. Nope. And so they're drying up on the vine. They're not producing fruit. They're barely making it. And yep. a lot of them are falling into sin. Yes. And their, their hearts are getting cold because at some point you, Paul was so frustrated. You quoted the scripture. He said, I want to take you beyond where you are, yeah. but I can't. I can't do it. Because you can't even get this simple elementary. So I got to keep giving you milk when I want to give you meat. That's exactly right. I mean, how frustrating. Let me just say this. There would be something wrong with your child <laughs> if you gave birth to a baby and six years later, it was still a baby. 
That's, there's a problem. There's a developmental problem. Yeah. If it's not natural to give birth to a baby and six years later, it's still a baby. That's it. It's not, it's supposed to grow. That's it. It's supposed to learn to talk. That's it. It's supposed to learn to tie its own shoes. Yeah. You understand? It is something wrong if there's no growth. That's and that's, that's exactly what's going on in the church. There's something wrong if there's no growth in the church. What we have to now examine, and I don't, I don't blame, I don't blame the, the infants in the seat. I have to ask, what are the leaders preaching? And teaching. Mm -hmm. If you've got infants still after seven years of being converted, mm -hmm. problem. There's a problem with that. So you'll make a greater impact. You'll make a greater impact if you grow spiritually. And that's the key. Um, Paul said it to Timothy, his son in the gospel. He said, uh, I want you to remember. Now, Paul's working with Timothy. I cover this in the new book I released further faster. Paul's working with Timothy to raise him up mm -hmm. to be a powerful man of God in his generation. Now we know Timothy was still a young man, mm -hmm. but Paul said, I want you to remember the gifts that were deposited in That's you good. that came through the laying on of my hands. So there's many ways that we can grow through impartation, through the study of the word, through prayer. There's ways we can grow. But Paul's saying, listen, the devil will make you feel like you're not in position to be impactful. I want you to remember mm. you have been matured through my mentorship, through your own personal family. Paul said, remember your grandmother That's and good. your mother both had faith That's and good. now that same faith is in you. That's so, good. so Paul's encouraging him. Remember, you can be impactful. That's so good. I, I was, I was writing this in the book before, before I dropped it and I, I was looking through some of the history on this. It's very possible through the two, two things Paul says to Timothy, because he's a pastor of a group of believers, mm -hmm. but uh, some scholars believe one of the issues Timothy was dealing with was insecurity over the fact that he was young and had to bring correction, reproof, and mm. teaching to older men and women in the mm. church. And so Paul writes to him, what does he say? God's not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound yeah. mind. But, and then he, but, but watch this, because this, this actually stirred me up massively. If we go to uh, 2 Timothy chapter 1, mm -hmm. and look at this. He, he later uh, encourages him to teach or, um, how should I say it, be the leader over the body. Mm -hmm. He said, admonish all the believers, mm -hmm. all of them, old, young, doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. God's not giving us a spirit of fear. And then that's why he tells them, don't let anyone despise your youth. Yes. Because what the point he's making is the impact you're going to make in the kingdom is not based on your natural age. It's based on your spiritual maturity. What you carry, yeah. And what you carry was deposited in you by me, Paul. Mm -hmm. I deposited spiritual gifts in you when I laid hands on you. You've been training up. It's not about your natural age. It's about your spiritual maturity. Mm -hmm. Isn't that powerful? So understand he's telling him you're able to do more than you think you can do. Mm. Because you've grown spiritually and you're ready to make an impact. That is the, the key because that is the desire of God. That's Raise it. up believers, have them mature, and then have them make an impact That's on their it. generation. That's it. You know, and that was really when, when you read that earlier, when we read it earlier in 2 Timothy, uh, 
it, it said that the word of God builds us up. It equips us yes. for every good work. Every and, good work. And it was almost like Timothy's mindset had to catch up with what God had deposited in his spirit in his yes. life where he, he couldn't let this natural thinking or, you know, probably things people said, like, why would you, you know, who do you think you are? You're, you know, you're, I'm a lot older than you. Right. And overcoming these mindset. But, but when you walk with God, you carry something that has the ability to transform the world you live in. Yes. And, and what God has deposited in you. I love what he said here because he said there was two things here. He said, you know, I laid my hands on you, receive something. But then you still have a personal responsibility to what you've been given. Yep. You've got to fan it. So I think that's probably a misconception in the body of Christ, too. And probably something you see, um, even as an evangelist a lot, is people coming to meetings, um, getting touched by God, not doing anything, and then waiting for the next series of meetings yeah, to they, get another touch. They use it like a drug. Yeah. They come and get high on the spirit, <laughs> take no personal yeah. responsibility. And then wait for the next high. Mm -hmm. But, and that, that leads us to number three, the reason God wants you um, to be, uh, to, to grow or to, be, to increase is because he wants you to be blessed. Amen. He wants you to be blessed. So I, let me, let me say it this way. The, the greater level of maturity you walk in, the less you need assistance. That's good. In order to have victory. Amen. Now. Let me just say, you'll never be at a place where you don't need the five-fold ministry gifts God said in the church. That They're there for the perfecting of the saints. So I'm not telling you that you'll get to the place where you need to stop going to church or you don't yeah. need a pastor. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is, look at a young believer. They're immature. They always need assistance. I'm sick. Can you lay hands on me? I'm going through issues. Can you counsel me? There's always, you know, they need assistance. Nothing wrong with that. In the same way, there's nothing wrong with my son being four and saying, daddy, will you tie my shoes? Daddy, will you get me a um, dinner? Daddy, will you get me a drink? There's nothing wrong with that because he's four. But if he's still saying that to me when he's 25, daddy, can you tie my shoes? Daddy, will you get me dinner? Daddy, will you get me a drink? There's a problem. But understand, a younger believer needs assistance. But notice, as you grow in the faith, yes. you actually don't, if you think about it this way, mature believers don't need to go from miracle to miracle to survive. Bible doesn't say we walk by miracles. It says we walk by faith yes. and not by sight. Come so on. a mature believer says, I don't have to depend on the next revival to come through town mm -hmm. and get my healing. I confess the word. I walk in faith. I can receive divine health on yes. a daily basis. Come on. I don't need crisis to hit and me to run. You know, it, it almost seems like this when you read James five, are there any sick among you beyond help for yourself? Mm. I know that's not what it says, but I'm saying if you, if you look at the way that the Bible teaches it, we realize if we're believers, yeah. I can lay my hands on the sick. What stops me from laying hands on myself? That's so good. That's so good. Right? What stops me from receiving divine health in my own home? That's good. Yeah, and, and that's really the, the, what he was showing is the shortcoming of their knowledge of the covenant they were in. Mm -hmm. That healing is the children's bread. That's right. That yeah. it's part of my covenant that because they were so uh, young in their faith or undeveloped in their faith, they still needed someone else to come alongside them to say, this is your covenant. This is what you can believe. You can believe God to prosper your health, your wealth. Your, and I think it's, it's coming to a place that, that again, as you said, we're 
not waiting for the next series of meetings to see a miracle and then our faith be built. We have to come to the place where we, we realize that, man, I'm a minister of the gospel. I might not be a part of the fivefold gift, but I'm a, I, every person is a minister of the gospel that I want to lay my hands on the sick and then they're going to recover. So I'm a source of God's power because I live in the Christ. Him and I are one now yes. and the same works he does, I do. It's a revelation and it's a place of maturity that unfortunately a lot of people never come to to realize that I don't have to wait, come you know, to, to I am a source of miracles. I am a source of blessing to my generation. I'm not I'm not the one just see immaturity is always looking for who can bless me. Right. Uh, maturity is I have been blessed. God is my source of blessing. I overflow, so I am a blessing to the world. Yeah. I, I lay my hands on the sick and they recover. I help the sick or help the poor and those in need. It's not maturity is not looking for what I can gain from me. It's walking in a level of power and dominion where yeah. I overflow and I am God's source of blessing on the, the earth. earth. That's exactly it. That's exactly it. And God, and see, God wants you to be blessed Amen. through your growth. See, as you are maturing in the things of the spirit, as you grow, the more you grow, the greater levels of blessing you will see in your life. Amen. What I mean by that is this. See, because notice how you're growing. What we said at the beginning, my, as I'm maturing, that is more and more of me by self-control, which is not a self-help message. Self-control is one of the nine fruit of the spirit. Amen. You can't truly have self-control without the Holy Spirit's That's assistance. It. You That's can't. It. And so when I operate in self-control and discipline myself to obey the word of God, guess what? As I'm obeying, those disciplines cause me to be blessed. My obedience brings my blessing. Come on. My obedience brings my blessing. It takes discipline to be obedient, discipline to obey the word of God. But my discipline, my obedience brings my blessing. Yes. And God wants you to be blessed without question. Amen. He wants you to be blessed. But see, not everybody's qualified for his blessings. No, now think not. about it. Let's, right. let's look at the scripture. That's it. The Bible says in 2 Chronicles 16, 9, that the eyes of the Lord are searching to and fro throughout the earth. Mm -hmm. Well, who's he looking for? People whose hearts are loyal to him. And then he said, on their behalf, I will show myself strong and mighty. That's Not it. on everybody's That's behalf. It. That's it. On the people whose hearts are loyal to him. Amen. How would he know if our hearts are loyal to him? Well, Jesus told us, those who have my commandments and That's obey it. them are the ones who love me or are loyal to me. So there's the key. God's eyes are looking for loyal people. They're looking for obedient people. When he finds them, guess what he's going to do? Show himself strong and mighty on your behalf. That means you're going to see the overwhelming blessing of God hit your life as you obey his word. And he wants to bless you. That's why he wants you to obey because he wants you to increase. You know, and you look at that principle you're talking about, God's so in love with you. He, his desire is so to bless your life. You know, you think about Abraham's life. 
I mean, in reality, Abraham has everything he needs. He even has his son Isaac to, the, to Genesis chapter 22. And God is such a God who loves to bless his children. Mm -hmm. Even at the height of where Abraham was, God still wanted to bless him That's even exactly more. That's exactly right. Never ending. Yeah. The next level of his blessing was, was the very same thing that was on the previous level. And that was contingent upon his obedience. Absolutely. So your level change is contingent upon your obedience. That's good. And your obedience, though, is directly connected to your love for God. Yep. So if you can't change levels, maybe you're wrestling with something. It's not a willpower. It's a love issue. Come on. That I've got it, whether it's surrender, yep. whether it's yielding, whether it's dealing with the wrong things that maybe are, are growing in your life. It's a love. You, if you just continue to love him and pursue him and de devour and ingest this word, it will cause you to level change because your obedience will be so fueled by your love that you have no fear of man, Come on. no fear of, of the world, no fear of the devil because you are consumed by love for him and then you're manifesting him and his kingdom. And just like Abraham, Abraham thought he was doing something for God, mm -hmm. but I'll tell you, the more you love God, the more you'll walk in obedience to him mm -hmm. and the more it will manifest the blessings of yes. God because you can never outdo God. That's right. Abraham lays his, what he loved more than anything on earth on an altar. Do you think God was going to let Abraham outdo him? No. And Absolutely so he not. says, now you've done this for me because you have obeyed. Not only is my blessing on you, but this blessing, you just released a generational blessing that not only Isaac will feel, but your children's children and generations after you will feel all because you've obeyed me in this one act. And imagine this. How did Isaac feel it? So strongly Isaac was blessed that the king of his nation shows up at his house and says, will you please move away and out of this country? You've become too mighty for wow. us. When the king of the nation tells you that you and your family and your wealth are too mighty for the nation, please move away, you may have caught the blessing of heaven. For a nation. I mean, for a nation. Imagine Donald Trump coming to your house mm. and saying, please move out of America because your family and your wealth has become too much That's for the so United good. States. Literally, if you think of it this way, the level of the wealth you're operating in is, is, is literally uh, devaluing our currency. Mm. <laughs> I mean, like, wow. I mean it, you know, they were that blessed. That and it insane. came through obedience. It came through so that area of I will dedicate myself mm. to the covenant. No question so about good. it. So good. I want to jump to number four because this is part of what we're talking about. The fourth crucial reason that you've got to grow spiritually is because it keeps you from minor defeats. Mm. It keeps you from minor defeats. Well, why do I say minor defeats? Because uh, being spiritually immature uh, does not mean you'll miss heaven. That's the major victory. The major defeat is going to hell. And being spiritually uh, immature does not mean you'll miss heaven. However, it could cause there to be a danger of you leaving the faith. I'll give you an example of what I mean. What do you do if you don't have good leadership and you're not growing spiritually, you face a problem, you go through an issue, and now because you're spiritually immature, you start to blame God for the problem. 
and say, well, if he really loved me, he wouldn't have let mm. me go through that. Mm. And so I'm done being a Christian. I'm out of here. And what ends up happening is spiritual immaturity or bad leadership has caused you to misunderstand who God is and why you're dealing with the problem mm. you're dealing with and the reason you don't have victory over it. So uh, growing spiritually keeps you from minor defeat. So well, what is minor defeat? As we, as we were talking about a moment ago, you know, rather than expecting or waiting for the next revival or special meetings to get hands laid upon you to receive a miracle because you're going from crisis to crisis, those are minor defeats. Well, I'm sick again. Well, I'm broke again. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm broken again. I have uh, bad relationships again. Minor defeats keep happening in your life. But by growing spiritually, you don't go from crisis to crisis, defeat to defeat. You go from victory to victory, Amen. from faith unto faith. You understand? Grace unto grace. And so what happens is, is that you keep winning. I'm literally having little victories. I'm walking in divine health. I'm blessed financially. I'm seeing my relationships flourish. My children are serving the Lord. These my, And you see what ends up happening is they're building up because you understand what the Word says. And because you understand what the the word says God doesn't want you dealing with minor defeat after minor defeat after minor defeat. That's not his plan for your life. Oh, so good. You know, you start caring when, when you when you give yourself to the word and the work of the spirit, you carry the spirit of victory. Yep. You know, you look at even Abraham's life. He not only won great battles, but he started helping others win battles. You know, that's when, right. When when his nephew Lot was taken away, Abraham carried victory. He, he carried the, that victory. He had that covenant with God yep. where now he is not only winning those battles himself, but he's able to in turn start to help those around him on. win the battle because he began to overflow yes. in victory. That's exactly and, it. And you know, you look at, that's the life of Jesus, constantly winning, constantly overflowing in victory. It, it's like, you know, uh, it's like in the natural, it's like, um, you know, you look at these teams that win every year, you know, it's their, it's like their personnel can change, but that coach knows how to win, mm -hmm. you know? And so he knows, you know, if you just get connected to the right people, yeah. you start winning more, right. you start seeing victories in your own life. So, you know, look at, look at who around you, the people God's put in your life. Look at people who carry that victory because it's it's not by chance. They are walking in covenant with God yep. and they're overflowing. And if you get yourself connected to the right people, you start seeing what it looks like to win, how to win. You know, Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. Yes. You know, it, it was connecting people uh, to the, the recipe of what victory looks like and and you don't have to keep suffering setbacks. Right. You can begin to win because that's what this God and this covenant is all about. Yeah, absolutely. Let me read you this before we give you number five. It goes right with what he's saying. Proverbs 21 and verse 16. Listen to this. One who wanders from the way of good sense will rest in the assembly hmm. of the dead. Hmm. One who wanders from the way of good sense. So what are we talking about? What is truly wisdom? Well, the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom, the fear of the Lord. Understand the only true wisdom on the earth is God's word and his knowledge. So understand this. If you wander away from that good sense, you could be, think about this. This is mind blowing. You could be a follower of God 
And what does it say? You'll rest in the assembly of the dead. You could still have the um, results of an unbeliever in the life of a believer. So I'll, I'll make it practical for you. I could have a healer, but still look like a sinner who doesn't have a healer. Mm, I could good. literally be connected to the divine that's healer good. in salvation, but my life still looks like what an unbeliever is who's disconnected from the healer. Mm. I could have a provider, but because I've wandered away from the word and I'm still going through these minor defeats, I, my finances still look like that of an unbeliever mm. who has no connect, covenant connection with a provider. So understand what I'm saying. When you That's obey it. the word and grow spiritually, oh, yeah. you'll see the results right. of your maturity in these victories throughout your life. So good. Not only do I have a healer, he's my healer. Yes. Not only do I have a provider, he's my provider. Yes, Not only do I have the spirit of peace, it's my peace. Yes. It's my joy. And Amen. so I'm going to go from victory to victory. That's yes. why we call it the victory tribe. Oh, because we're always going to... Judah in the Old Come Testament on. was the tribe of victory. Yeah. The tribe of praise. That's it. And it was, there was, it was not... Listen to me. It was not an accident that they were sent out ahead That's right. of the other 11 tribes. That's it. Because, you know, when Judah, the man, was born, the reason his mother uh, named him Judah is because it sounded like the Hebrew word for praise, Yada. And so she named him Judah, which was, uh, and she talked about why, she, and all who hear about this will praise God mm -hmm. with me. So the tribe of Judah, by the way, which is the tribe Jesus came from, yes. You understand that David came from the tribe of Judah, and this is the whole thing. I don't want to get too deep on it, but you know the priests of the Old Testament didn't come from Judah. They come from the tribe of Levi. Mm -hmm. They were Levitical priests. But that's why Hebrews said the priesthood has changed. The reason the priesthood changed, Jesus didn't come from the tribe of Levi. He came from the tribe of mm -hmm. Judah. There's a new priesthood. Yes. David came through that line, and what did Jesus want to be known mm -hmm. as on the earth? I am Jesus, son of David. Mm. That was his messianic name. He was from the tribe of Judah, yes. the tribe of praise, Hallelujah. the tribe of victory. Every single Christian, because we came through Christ, yeah. is in the tribe of Judah. Jesus is referred to in Revelation 5 as the lion yes. of the tribe of Judah. Judah. That's New Testament. Hallelujah. We're all in the tribe Come of Judah, right. which means we're victory people, we're praise people. Yes. We go from victory unto victory. That's right. And finally this, number five, the fifth crucial reason that you've got to grow spiritually is because it builds the church at large. It builds the kingdom. Mm. Because as you taught a moment ago, if you are immature in the faith, you're always looking for help. That's it. You're always looking for somebody to raise you up. But the moment you mature, now you're That's the it. helper. That's it. Now you're the assistant. You're the one doing the assisting. So now it turns my Christianity from being inward That's right. to pushing it outward. Yeah. See, like you just finished Love Week here at mm -hmm. the church where you had believers go out into the city. They weren't looking for a handout from the That's city. Right. That's they right. were looking to bless the city. Maturity is a blessing to its generation. I'm not waiting for somebody to lift me up. I'm looking for people to lift up. Come on. And when you get that level of spiritual maturity working in your life, you're looking for people to bless. Yes. You're looking to speak this message to your generation. You're looking to heal yes. the sick. I'm not looking for somebody to lay hands on me to Come get on. healed. I'm looking to heal somebody. Come on. 
You know, and Paul talked about it. He said, I'm an ambassador of Christ. You know, I'm here. The love of God is compelling me to get this message out. And, and when you become so, so infatuated, so in love with him, your heart becomes so one with accomplishing what's on his heart. On. You, know, you think about David. He got to the level of blessing that, that he was and what was in his heart. He, he goes to the prophet Nathan and says, you know, I, I, I want to build a house for God. I'm going to, you know, I'm in this palace and look what God, yeah. I'm blessed. What, how can I further God and his kingdom? Mm -hmm. How can I do this work? And you know what was interesting? God never told David to build the house. Matter of fact, God had to be like, hey, hold on time out. I've already got a plan. Yeah. But think about David <laughs> tapping into such a passion and love for God and his kingdom. It's good. That God didn't even speak that he just wanted to do something wanted for to. God. I yeah. want to do something for your kingdom. You've done this for me. I want to do this for you. And man, that should be the, the, the mission of our life is, man, God, you have, look what you've done for me. Now I want to do, I want to win the loss. Not because I, I have to, or because you, you know, it says that I should check this off the list. It's because I love you. That's it. I want your agenda to, to be uh, known in the earth. I want the kingdoms of our world to become the kingdoms of our God and That's Christ. Right. I want his kingdom to advance in this hour because of what he's done for me. And don't you think, too, how important it is to use that example? Because the Bible, more than once, speaks of David as the man after God's own yeah. heart. That's he it. looks at that type of Come action on. and says, that's my kind of man. That's it. That's the kind of person I wow. want connected with me. So look at this. You mentioned that about God didn't tell David to build the house. He just wanted to. Yeah. Go back and read 1 Samuel 17 and 16. God never even told David to kill Goliath. That's good. Or to fight him. That's good. Or to go out on the battlefield. Come on. He just so loved God mm. that when he heard somebody talking trash about That's his it. covenant God, he said, who does this uncircumcised yeah. Philistine so think good. that he is? And without an instruction from God, mm. he walks out as a young man. Uh, untrained in battle on the battlefield with no armor on and five smooth stones in a sling and says, I'm going to cut your head off. Yeah. I mean, like he yeah. never even was instructed to do that. It, it was his love for God that took him into a battle Come on, because he just said, I, I'm so, I'm so in love with God. Yeah. I want to stand up for God. Come on. See, immaturity won't do that, but maturity does. How do you think David got to that place? When everybody else was doing their mm -hmm. thing, he was tending his father's sheep, but he wasn't just doing that. He was praising God, worshiping God. Mm -hmm. He was writing for God. That's it. Think about that. He was writing for God as an outcast, mm -hmm. the least of his brothers. Even his father didn't believe in him. That's why he didn't call him in when he said, the prophet's coming to your house to choose the next king. Mm -hmm. Brought his seven older brothers in, left him in the field. That's it. And he's out there. What's he doing? He's writing Psalms that are inspired by the Holy That's Ghost it. that will be in our Bible. Mm -hmm. And he's out there. The one that nobody believed in, God said, not only do I believe in him, he's my man. Come on. He's my man. And through his line, Jesus will come. Mm -hmm. I mean, think about that. It was his maturity, spending time with his father out in the wilderness. I'm telling you, and that brings that. And what, what did he do? One of the most impactful men in the Old Testament, God attached mighty men to him. Let me tell you something. Look at the level of progression in David's life, mm -hmm. right? What does he start with? Lions and bears. Mm -hmm. Where does he go next? A giant. Where does he go next? Mighty men are attached to him. Yeah. You may not know this. Study the word. They exterminate the race of giants from the earth. Mm, 
So they good. killed every last giant on the earth. Mm. Then from there becomes king, and what does he do? Subdues nations, and is in battle for the rest of his life, fought for his whole life. You'd have thought somebody that fought all the time should have died in the battlefield. Mm -hmm. He died of old age. That's it. God would not allow him to die in that's battle. It. He just, and, and that's actually the reason, if you listen to what God said, here's the reason you can't build my temple. You've shed too much blood. Yeah. You've killed too many people. Yeah. David was a straight up assassin <laughs> yeah, and attached to some tough men. Yeah. And they just won victory after victory for God. They never lost. But look what happened. It was a leveling up. Yeah. It was lions and bears. It was that's one it. giant. It was all the giants. It was nations. That's it. And I'm telling you, the same is going to be true for you. That's right. You're going to go from smaller victories Amen. to bigger victories to greater victories right. to massive victories. And as you level up in the kingdom of God, you'll make such an impact for this kingdom that the devil will be pulling his hair out to get you off the earth. That's he it. doesn't want to Come see on. you increase in that, in that way. And before we do anything else, I want Pastor Nathan to pray for those of you that are watching. Because, see, it takes a desire to mature in order to mature. That's it. You have to want to grow yeah. to grow. That's it. Because if you don't, if you don't have a fire to press in, you'll, you'll be happy just thinking you can stay where you are. But in reality, what we say, you're going backwards if you're not going forward. That's it. You're either being transformed or conformed. So I want pastor to pray for every person that's watching that God would give you a fire in your spirit that's to it. grow spiritually. Even before this year ends, you'd see those victories begin to happen. Yeah, Amen. So good. You know, uh, before I pray, you know, I, I was just thinking about the scripture that Paul told Timothy and we read earlier uh, to fan into flame. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, the, it's the investments you're making today. Think about it. A fire can only increase and grow if it's fed. Okay. And so, you know, it's, it's the things you do right now. It's, it's your prayer time. It's your investment in the word. Mm -hmm. It's your desire for the kingdom. Just keep fanning it. Just yeah. keep feeding that fire of what God's doing in your life and you're going to increase. You know, don't, don't have this mindset. Well, I'll never do this or I can never be that. Or I watch evangelists, you know, Ted, I can never do this. Or mm -hmm. I, you know, just be faithful where you're at. Keep feeding the fire, keep fanning the, the flame of what God is doing in your life. And what you'll realize is that over time, you know, you, where you might be right now is might be small, mm. but if you're faithful to the little things, God will make you ruler over much. That's good. And so we're going to pray, Father, I thank you for the wonderful work of your spirit today. Yes, God, we sense you drawing us. We sense your spirit working in our lives. We thank you. It's not by might or by power. It's by your spirit yes. that we're going to accomplish the impossible and do greater things and make impact for your kingdom. And Father, I pray for every person watching right now that there would be a, a, a mighty wind of your spirit that blows into that place, wherever they're at, in their car, in their room, at their workplace, that wonderful work of your spirit right yes, now Jesus. that's working in their hearts that's that's uh, inflaming God even if they're people that are cold today or or they're on the fence I thank you Father your spirit is drawing them back to you yes, right Lord. now I thank you that the fire is only going to increase and burn brighter and brighter I thank you Father for the promises of God that you have for us that are yes and amen Father I thank you that we're going to be just like your kingdom because we're connected to your kingdom. Yes. We live in your kingdom. Thank it's you, going to be ever increasing. Our lives, our impact, everything we do is going to ever increase until the coming of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father. We're not here 
that just, uh, we're not here just to settle in and, and get comfortable. We're here to occupy. We're here to advance and take more That's territory. It. We're going to go from faith to faith and glory to glory. You, Bless Jesus. your people now. Thank you for this time in your word today. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. You know, we've been talking about the Spirit of God moving. Um, I want to just say this. This month, the month of August, for everybody that's partnering with this ministry, we're going to send you one of the greatest books I believe ever written in the body. It's The Gifts and Ministries of the Holy Spirit by Dr. Lester Sumrall, a man who saw the gifts of the Spirit in operation in his ministry in a massive way. And this has become a Pentecostal classic, The Gifts and Ministries of the Holy Spirit. I want to encourage those of you that are watching to sow a seed today. And for, as I said, for those that are partnering at $85 or more this month, we're sending that book to you as a gift. And if you'd like to receive it, go to miracleword.com forward slash offer and uh, let us know that you've sown. Let us know where you sowed and your address so we can send it to you. And then for those of you that are sowing $1,000 or more this month, we're going to send you that hardcover edition of Further Faster and a genuine leather Life Application Study Bible in the New Living Translation. It'll help you, and it's a huge blessing, especially when you're doing deep study on the Word of God. But I want to encourage you to sow a seed. It's easily done. You can go to MiracleWord.com, and you can sow a seed right there. Or if you're in the United States, you can use Cash App or Venmo, the username MWGive. PayPal's available. And if you're on Facebook today, Periscope or Twitter, you can put hashtag donate in the comments section and sow a seed right in the comments. And uh, I wanted to give you an awesome update. Um, not only is the revival extended, two more nights. So tonight and tomorrow night, 7 p.m., mm -hmm. do not miss it. Come Listen, I've been seeing people commenting on Instagram and on Facebook. They're talking about driving in. If you're mm -hmm. anywhere close, drive in. If you're not close, fly in. It's worth being here, mm -hmm. even for tomorrow night, if you can get here by tomorrow night. Sure by a plane or whatever, God's moving mightily, Amen. and you're not going to want to miss it. Uh, I wanted to say this, because it just dropped yesterday. This is a, awesome. I'm so excited because people have been asking, even in other countries, Carolyn's brand new book, Lines, Confessions That Create Boundaries Your Enemy Cannot Cross. It's a 40-day devotional that teaches the power of confession and declaration. The ebook is now available on Amazon Kindle and on Apple Books. And so we've had people from Italy and South Africa and all, all over the world really saying, when can we get uh, the ebook version of it? It's out now. So you can check it out. Um, it's available in all these different nations. We made it available in every nation that has those, uh, those two ebook stores. So if you want to do it, go on to Amazon or Apple Books and search her name. Carolyn with a YN, Shuttlesworth, and it'll pop right up lines, yellow cover. You'll see it there and you can grab it. It's available right now. I love you guys. Thanks for hanging with us today. Yeah. Big thanks to my man. Yeah. Good. good come back here. with me tomorrow. Oh yeah. Let's do it. We'll be Let's back live again tomorrow, 1030 AM. And then tonight, seven, tomorrow, seven. You don't want to miss it, man. We love you guys so much. Thanks, Luanda, for putting that link in the comments, miracleword.com forward slash offer. Thanks to everybody that's sowing seed. We love you guys so very much. Thanks for hanging. We'll see you tonight, 7 o'clock. Talk to you soon. Later. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.